Like, I, do, I care, but I mean, care to the point where I won't drink out of plastic water bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't, it doesn't cross my yeah, mind. Yeah. No, it won't until like we're all boiling to death and water's up at your flat and it'd be too late. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is cardboard. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. is recyclable, <laughs> you know. I have a coffee cup, a sustainable coffee cup. I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm the most sustainable. I just, I just couldn't have a plastic bottle. Okay. Yes, boss. Okay. Take care. No worries. So, like I told you before, mm. casual mm. conversation, understanding Absolutely. your journey, understanding your business, all of that. What about Theo? Theo Lee Houston. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that's fine. I think that's okay. But anyway, thank you. Thank you everyone for coming back to another Black Create Connect podcast episode. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming back to hang out with us, to hear from more black amazing leaders and entrepreneurs. And um, today we have in the studio with us, right, Theo Lee Houston, who's the founder of Slinger. Yes, welcome. That's me. That's me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We always wel welcome the guests with a round of applause. I hope Join wherever you are, you know, at home, in the car, cleaning, you're clapping and you're excited and amped up to hear more about this episode. So would you like to do any additional intros to, to you that I may Ooh. not have covered? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah. My name's Theo Lee Houston. I'm the founder of Slinger. Um, it's a tech recruitment company. Um, we're on a mission to make the CV redundant. Um, we have over 5,000 hospitality workers on our platform that we pay a living wage. Um, incredibly diverse community that I always say looks like London. Um, yeah, early stages of trying to learn how to build a tech business, how to build a community, how to raise money. Um, yeah, just going through all the motions and building. I love your transparency mm. because I think sometimes with how your app is at the moment, it looks legit okay. and it is legit, right? So it's, yeah. it's a real business, but um, it, it looks like it's polished, but yeah. yet you're still going for a journey. And I really wanted Absolutely. to pick that with you and understand where you're at and how you got to where you are. Yeah. But before that, one of the key things that I like to do with all of my guests is understand a bit of backstory into like mm -hmm. who you are and you're welcome to go as far back mm -hmm. as that's comfortable Theo. for you. So mm -hmm. let's let's understand Theo. Who yeah. is Theo? Let's go back. Absolutely. How far? Because like, I'm comfortable with it all. <laughs> I can tell you from the moment I came out the womb. Like, <laughs> like how far do you want to go? Go back to wherever you think your story really, really starts. I, I know it starts like, with birth. I, know, I guess that like... I, like yeah, everyone's story starts with mother, right? Like, and mom, like cliche, but obviously she brought me into the world and was my, like I'm from a single house family um, from East London, um, Stratford slash Forest Gate. And uh, yeah, like it was my mum, my brother, us three, um, uh, a woman in the nineties growing up, bringing up two young men um and but she was already the reason why like classic everyone mum's story but she was the entrepreneur originally okay. and she's ran many businesses not not become too fruitful but mm. she's been self-employed her whole life and, even now um yeah 
Yeah. Um, actually, she's going through a transition, actually. She's actually becoming a nurse now. Oh. That's a whole other story. But um, my mum, like, set up her own makeup businesses. Um, used to do street henna tattoo in Piccadilly Circus. And okay. police will come. We have to run and throw everything in. <laughs> um, she took me out of school from the age of 11. And took me and my brother traveling around the world. Um, what? In 99. What? What kind um, of mum? Like, no, this like, is dope, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah. And like, we're not for money, just to be honest. Like, I'm from social housing, EMA, all the benefits that the government can give you. You know, New Labour, grateful um, for the safety net we have in our society. Wait, question. Um, yeah. How did you get away with that? What? Because we used to have to go through tussles just to go to Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, how, yeah, does she, yeah. how did she do that? And how long was it I for? know, I, I, so I know she just got, basically, long story short, like my mum's, guys, I don't want to put my mum's business too much out yeah, there, yeah. but, you know, she, um, she was foster cared and mm -hmm. disconnected from her family and everything like that. Um, so she's originally from Morocco. And um, she... She got her first passport at like 29. And the first thing she did is went to go Morocco to meet her mum for the first time, her birth mum. Oh, amazing. And through that, she was like, the power of what a passport can do. Mm. 29. And 29, yeah. So, you know, her own journey on that. And so she came back, was like, cool, I'm going to work seven days a week for a whole year and stack as much money as I can. She worked in what Harvey Nichols sales assistant or something like that. Mm. I remember shouting at the time, Mum, you're earning fifty pounds a day. <laughs> but you know, I, I swear she probably got a loan out somewhere, mm. credit cards. Um, and then at that time, a random world ticket for her was a grand, and for children it was five hundred pounds. And she booked them both and worked the rest out. Um, so that was like taking me, her being a single mom, her being an entrepreneur, her taking me travel around the whole world for a year, they're already the beginnings of like difference mm. and taking me out of normality. Mm. Um, you know, great opening trip, learned more than ever I learned in school. Mm. Um, coming back was a hard reality. I couldn't get into any secondary schools. Everyone's getting stabbed in the local areas. My mum was like, I'm not sending you to school. Went to a local school, got a nice pop against my throat. What area um, was this? This is Stratford. So it was rough back in those days. like In the 90s? This was um, 20, 2000. In the March early 2000s? 2000. This is what's taking place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Schools were rough, man. Like Schools were fighting each other's schools and bats and knives and yeah, yeah, yeah. This was going on. London I sound culture. so naive like because yeah. I grew up in South London, but I didn't uh, yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, bits, whereabouts and stuff. Freedom. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. people say that's not South London, what's, but... What's the postcode again? Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's South Croydon. My partner, she's from Croydon. And she's a London girl. Uh, but, yeah, it's... That was a difficult challenge. Um, I was homeschooled for a couple of years. By your mum? Yeah. Everyone's going to school. I'm not. You and your brother? Uh, my brother actually went to... He was in primary school, so it was easier for him to get into primary school. So he was at primary school. I used to have to drop him off. And then you came back home. And then I have to come home. So I'll see all my friends that I used to see. And be like, oh, hi, everyone. And then, yeah. So what did your mum do? She was homeschooling you, mm -hmm. time-wise. Like, what? Like... Yeah, she's running a business on the side as well. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. She's had, so I guess being busy, doing you, mm. was like from her. Mm. And then she did, like, markets and selling beauty products again. Mm. Um, and then fast forward... 
So I wanted to go down a route. Let me get my education. Mm. Let me go and get a you know, good career behind me. And then at 30 plus, go and do my own thing. Um, so I went to uni, studied economics. That was a great experience for me, finally get to uni, make a group of friends. I had no mates all these years. Um, so, question, so just a quick question. Mm. When you were studying, when you've been homeschooled, I'm guessing you had to do GCSEs like everybody else? No. Um, so I was um, homeschooled until so 11 to 13. And then there was a college in Essex um, that allowed 13 year olds to come in. But you did like basic skill levels. And basically, it was all the kids that got kicked out of school. Right. Won this, ironically. So I was in this group of people. That was wild. Like and then centre. Yeah, yeah. Then I like got out of that and like passed all my key skills. Then I did like GNVQs and like business and mm. stuff like that. Um, then I then they had the academy. The academy was like the shiny area where everyone's doing GCSEs and mm. A-levels. Mm. And then I did my GCSE and A-levels at the same time. So I'm like 16 now. So I did maths and English in three months. And then- But you studied it and then took the exam. The exam. And then I had to do my A-levels. I wanted to do different A-levels, but I didn't have the GCSEs to do them all. So I had to like, by default, I got to do maths. I got maths, um, business, ICT and accounts. I wanted to do psychology, economics, but I didn't have um, like science degree, um, science GCSEs. Um, failed my maths, it was so hard. Ended up in law. Um, that's a whole nother story we could go down. I don't, it's not that relevant, but yeah, I never had a natural path essentially mm. um, and was accepting that. Actually, you felt like everyone growing up has this straight path, but life's like this, you know, it bends all around. And um, yeah, got to uni, studied economics. I remember that was when like the crash, the financial crash happened in 2007. Mm -hmm. Everyone became like a mini economist talking about it. I was like, this is great, I'm studying economics. Why is everyone complaining? Life's great. Student loans is dropping in every mm. quarter, going on skiing holidays, going into Europe with yeah. my friends. So why is everyone moaning about this re recession? And then um, graduated in 2011, ready for my banking job. I remember telling my mom, how long do you think it would tell me to get a job? She went two to four weeks. 12 months later, 100 CVs out a day. It took 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the graduate programs had dried up. Um, unless you've gone to Oxford or Cambridge. Like... What were some of the barriers though? Like, what were some of the reasons for no's that, that, that you were experiencing? Do you remember at that time? Uh, it's because I was like adamant I'm going into banking and was, um, the banking was having its crisis. Right. And got you. so the jobs aren't flowing anymore. Right, right. And I wouldn't take anything else. They were like, oh, we've right. got this sales job, we've got this. Uh, I'm like, no, no, I'm going to become a stockbroker. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Like, that, that was it. That's, that's me. My mind, when I put it, I'm like, that's it. If, okay. if you're not giving me that path, then I'm not doing it. I've chosen my path. So I'm waiting for that path to open up. Okay. Um, so yeah, a year later, got a job in a bank and everyone's so proud and like, oh, this is gonna change your life. And you got into a bank. Like the due diligence to get in, it took months. Um, got into it, it was two and a half hour travel from Stratford every morning. Um, two and a half hours, so I'm doing five hours of traveling every day. As a what, 20, 20, so where? 22, Oxbridge, where my old uni was. Did you go to Brunel? Yeah, I'm Brunel kid. That's yeah. so. And I thought, I was like, where's this weird bit of Essex in West London? <laughs> and I, when we're leaving, go, never see you again. And the universe is like, yeah. And then you came back. <laughs> and the headquarters there, 
moved um they were downgrading 99 percent brought by the government then they put us on top of a branch or one of their branches in Wembley. So that took my journey down, what, half an hour? And then eventually they took us to Liverpool Street and I was like, finally, I'm in the city. Yeah. And it was just dead. Like, I didn't aspire to be like anyone in there. Like, everyone was manically depressed, alcoholics. I saw the end journey because everyone was like 50 plus. Mm. And I was like, this is the this end. This is it. Not, not, no, it's no. not for me. Um. So. How soon did you realize that? I kind of knew that going into it. I remember all my friends like you in banking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you. I was like, you know, free spirit. You know, again, like telling my mum that she didn't do conventional things. She took Christmas away from me when I was ten. Why? She's like, are you religious? I was like, no. She's like, well, why are you celebrating Christmas? So, what was Christmas for you then, as a child? Just a day we ate and chilled. You didn't do presents, nothing. No, none of that. No, 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 no. Oh no. No, no, no. Oh no, I never celebrated since. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not religious. Why am I celebrating a religion? That's interesting. Hmm. Not that it's, it's it's no it's neither obviously wrong or right, but it's just interesting because usually Christmas for children is just for children. It's yeah, not yeah, really centered yeah, yeah. around a religion in particular. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. kids have fun. It's, she's like you're a capitalist, you're a consumer. Why didn't you open your brain and be more than that? From ten, at ten years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. heavy. Yeah, oh yeah, my mum gave me all <laughs> from young. Where was she from? I was like a dad. Huh? Where was she from? Where's she from? Yeah, your mum out of interest. So she originally born in Morocco, came, her dad brought her over when she was two, and then grew up oh, in yeah, Sussex. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, um, So she brought, she, like, again, she's in, you know, the whole house and social care stuff. She moved to London at 14 years old. Oh, yeah, herself. you said, wow. Mm. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. I feel like your mum is a whole other story in itself. Oh, so man, I was like, everyone's deep. like, you need to write a book one day. Yeah, yeah 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so crazy, though, because obviously people have different life stories, but you can never really imagine what someone beside you or someone that you know you work with has actually gone through mm. in detail because that's that's insane, like, mm. 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. And had me at 19. Wow. And I met my dad at Carnival, and here you are. You're a carnival baby. <laughs> Boy, yoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that's my Christmas. Okay, okay. <laughs> I never miss a carnival. <laughs> ne- ne- we, we don't miss carnivals. Never. BCC community. Never. E- everyone else listening, carnival is a must. So rain or shine? Rain, rain mm. we'll put, we'll put on a rain jacket. That's it, good. We'll dance, we'll There's get no through it. There's no bad weather, just bad wear. It's just, we, we just, we get on with it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're aligning that yeah. in that way. But anyway, so you, you studied economy, you went to do banking, Realise that, yo, this life right here is not for me because they look tired. Yeah. And so what, what what was your next kind of thought process in regards to stepping out? Absolutely. Um, so every Thursday, there were these cool street food traders that used to come outside our bank. Okay. Um, some of the names were like Ribman. They'll sell something like 300 portions in a couple of hours and make like three, four grand. I was like, what? And like, you could go on this website. So the company that was orchestrating it was called Curb. K-E-R-B, look them up, amazing foods, um, amazing family, amazing business. And they basically, the founder, Petra Barron, she had set up a chocolate van many years ago and was doing festivals and meeting great other businesses doing food. Right. And she was like, why don't we all get together and create awesome markets and everything? And what essentially was happening here, it was like, there was a change in what street food looked like. And it became, in my opinion, um, a bit of a middle-class sporting ground. 
and bankers were leaving and like with a hundred grand saved and investing in food trucks and and you know basically going before I open a restaurant mm. I can do this on the streets cheaper mm. and prove the concept before I open the restaurant. Mm, mm, okay. So these guys are coming out every Thursday, doing amazing things online and read about the profiles, what they used to do, and now they're doing this. They're slinging burgers and so on. Um, it was awesome, you know, backstory, and that's what Kirby really doing, telling the stories of the business owners behind it. And it was my favorite two hours of the whole week, every Thursday, outside the Gherkin. Still exists, get down to Kirby Gherkin Market. Um, and so I went back into my job and tell everyone I'm quitting. I'm gonna do a street food concept. And as a I, business? Yeah, as a business. And I set up two street food businesses, failed miserably, but did it for like four years. And in that brought me into a whole new world of hospitality, people, markets, events. And then I had I one of the markets I used, I traded at Greenwich Market, traded at Maltby Street Market, and then a manager left at Maltby Street Market. And I was like, I will manage it. For your place or for just a random place? So as in, there's a market already that exists. Thirty right. traders are down there. Okay. But they have no market manager at the moment. Right. I said, I'll do it. Right, I see. And this is after you've done the, the two food yeah, trucks. Yeah, I was and... in, I was still doing it. But oh. I was like, I would like this opportunity. To be fair, like, when you're running a business, mm. street food, mm. your money is as good as the British weather. Why? Well, if it rains, no one's coming to buy your goods. That's very, very true. In the UK, that is actually <laughs> so really, you can imagine really, yeah, yeah. When yeah. the sun comes out, you're making that free Money. grand. Yeah. The rain comes out. No one's coming out. You've done all that setup, and no one comes out. So the thing is, okay, I want to go back a little bit to yeah. when you started your street food yeah. business, mm -hmm. right? Like what that process looked like, because. Mm -hmm. I only thought that's like a thing you do in a summer and that's it. Yeah, you don't yeah, really yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe winter wonderland in the winter. Mm -hmm. But how how did that how did you set did you set that up? Would you, like where did you get the van from, the concept mm -hmm. from, the staff, yeah, yeah. the money, the so, like everything? So I stupidly did it all no money. How? Um just so badly. I um I got my last paycheck wrong thinking I was gonna get my last full paycheck. And then the company were like, well, you haven't got, you've taken holiday and all of it. Oh, so, you know, and all that. And then you're like, oh, I've got a temp for <laughs> what I thought I was leaving with. Cool. Um, I just built it up. So um, I went and did part-time work at events I used to do at uni. Mm. And then used that money to start building my stalls out. So Your I didn't stalls. even start in the van. There were stalls, gazebo, set up, everything mm. physical. Um, and then, yeah, just used put like I literally started off with a little box with a couple of equipment, and I used to get an Uber every day to the market. And then one day, the Uber turned up, and now that box has gone 10 times. And he's like, Box of what? All my equipment. What equipment? Grills and oh, to just, flip burgers, everything, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. so. And then I'm guessing you just bought all the burgers and buns and stuff, just about. I didn't. So the, the actual concept first was actually a, a tea. Street street stall. So I used to do like fresh tea cocktails. Tea cocktails. Yeah, yeah. Make them fresh, but no alcohol. It's like, okay. Um, mocktails. Then. <laughs> yeah. So like, I um, my thing at the time was like, tea is very aimed at old people and boring and whatever. I'm gonna make it to a new generation, mm. and I'm gonna do it all fresh. Mm. So I hated those like synthetic flavorings you'd get. 
So like you'd have jasmine and strawberry, but then you have it and like they don't taste like strawberry. Mm. So what I would do is get real strawberries, mush it up, put cold jasmine tea in it, sweeten it a bit, shake it all over ice, and then pour it. And that was our, one of our like signature drinks called the jazzberry, um, which was great. It tasted amazing. And then the second business was chicken wings and called winging it. And yeah, slowly buying these equipment, using my work money to buy it, go and do market make a bit of money, lose a bit of money, make a bit of money, lose a bit of money, just constantly like that for four years. How much, what was the most you think you made on the day and what's the most you thought you, you lost overall? I made probably five to six grand in a day. Okay, that's really good. Yeah. And then I've lost about 20 grand in a day. How did you lose 20 grand in a day? Um, You pay for a festival, but it's very expensive, the festival to, site. To be at like a wireless or something? Something like that, yeah. How, how much is it roughly? Um, it could be point of sale could be either 20% of whatever you take in, or it could be like five grand up front. Then you book your staff. Then you bring all your ingredients. Right. And then it rains. And then nobody comes. Yeah. To a festival. People have tickets for a festival though. Yep. But there's loads of other traders there. Who wants a cold tea cocktail right now? Right. Mm. Got you. Mm. So your product wasn't like the, wasn't hitting? No. That's crazy. How, how, going back to that moment, how did that feel? <laughs> I haven't thought about it since. <laughs> uh, horrible. Like, I'd got six members of staff sitting down doing nothing. They're going to want to be paid. They're not going to be like, oh, don't worry about Theo. Like, I know you can see you're not making no money. That was the end point for me. Um, that was done. I was out. He was finished after that? Yeah, yeah. I can't do it anymore. Was that this? Was the tea business the second one that First you did? First one, and, and the chicken wings were kind of like popping off at the time, and I decided to pack it all in. So you was doing both chicken wings and, and tea, tea yeah, at the same, same thing, time, yeah. and you just said, "Yeah, that's yeah. it. I'm done." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I at the same time I was running the market as well. A complete, a com like multi street market that I was operating at. What did that entail, running the market? I've never thought about yeah. what running the market. Um, so you got thirty, like roughly thirty traders down there. Make sure they get all time, make sure they're compliant to all the health and safety um, and dealing with all the politics that can exist down there. Uh, they've got cheese in their burger. We're meant to be exclusively a cheeseburger company. And like, yeah, yeah, all the politics, like you want exclusivity over them. You can't have four burgers because that means the money's going to be split between four of them. What, four stools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have one burger, one steak. One this, one this, one this, one this. Ah, I see. Um, then you're managing all the people crowds, like managing all the waste, uh, managing the landowners who own it, managing all the neighbour complaints. Um, yeah, look, you're like the middleman and like trying to string it all. I was like 25 or 26 at the time, never done it. And you had to be there physically, yeah, physically every, time. every day. Mm -hmm. Was it one of the markets like get your get your you know your nah, apples nah, and nah, pears nah. It was, and it's very gourmet street food they call it. Right, and it's high you. end. Um, they were actually one of the first to do street food in London and celebrate like the amazing diversity that we have here. Amazing. I was down to Mulberry Street and then really loved Kerber my admirers and I always wanted to get in but constantly got rejected. Why? What did they say? Uh, they had another tea trader already. Um, okay. And to be on there, it's like, they're like the Champions League of street food. So for the non-football like terms, like the World Cup, this is top end. This is for the elite. Right. I wasn't elite yet. Right. So you wasn't there. Yeah, what, yeah. what was the name of it out of interest? What? 
of your tea? Tila. Tila. It was originally called Hotbox Tea. Okay. And then a company called Hotbox stole my trademark. She. Yeah, man. Oh, it's dear. Yeah, I've heard about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So I attained it to Tila. Okay. We're the tea dealers. Okay, and then you trademark that, right? Yes. Okay. Still got it. Okay, perfect. Um, But then got to the creation side of the markets, and then Curb had a, a head of markets position open, and they liked the work I did at Maltby Street. Okay. And so I went for it and got it. And now became the head of markets for eight sites in London. Um, and to continue building on that and was looking after one of my old stomping grounds, the Gherkin. Had a team of market managers underneath me. Um, and yeah, it's exciting. Looking after over 100 food businesses to incubate, accelerate them, help them with finance, operations, marketing support. It's about an incubator program. So kind of like to put their name in everything and nurture them. And then they've opened restaurants. Some of the success stories were um, Club Mexicana, Bleaker Burger, Pizza Pilgrims. That sounds familiar. Bow, London, around the corner here. Is Bow the place with the um, with the um, bread? Yeah, 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 yeah. Spongy, yeah, cloudy, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Things. They've all started first day on the streets of Curb. Really? And now they're like big franchise businesses in London and externally out of London. Yeah. I learned something new today. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's a really good shout. Okay. So... After you managed the market, mm-hmm. why why did that end? What happened for that to? Um, COVID really. So this is recent. Yeah, yeah. So um, long story short, I while I was at Maltby Street, I set up a WhatsApp group to help people find staff, and it was called Street Fighters, and it started off with five people in a WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. and in eight weeks it grew to two hundred and fifty six people. And every day, people are exchanging shifts. People are saying, oh, yeah, I can't do this shift. Can yeah, you do, do this that. shift? Or, like, the, the businesses are in it. Hey, I need help this Saturday. Anyone available to do this shift? And it, so was it candidates and businesses in one group? One group, yeah. Right, I see. Okay. Then my girlfriend at the time was really annoyed. My phone going off all the time, all the shifts exchanging. So we moved it over to Facebook. And that community grew from 256 people to 3,000 people. In all what, over in London. what time span? 12 months. That's incredible, wow. And now all of a sudden I'm seeing workers on this Facebook group working all over London. Now they're in pubs, now they're in restaurants. And I was like, maybe I can turn this into an app. Mm. Um, so COVID came and had the most time I've ever had since university. Uh, I was very lucky it didn't affect me personally or around me and I'd enjoy the first two weeks, just chilling. And then, but you don't have a job, right? No. And then got treated like I had a job again, nine to five every day up, build this app. We're going to come out and we're going to be ready. And yeah, it's a whole number journey. So what was, what was that process like for you? Getting up, building an app, where did you start? What did you look at? Who did you do it with? Mm-hmm. Um, so one lesson I always tell people, um, go for coffee breaks or... Do quick online 10 minutes exploratory calls with people because you never know where you may need to connect mm. with each other. So mm. I'm all about connecting and being super connected. Yeah. yeah. That's my job. Um, I met a guy, well, one friend told me about this guy and he was like, he has a similar story. And he had a group of baristas and um, he made an app. So I had a coffee with him, ironically. And 
I contacted him during COVID and I was like, I've got this opportunity. You've got the app. Why don't you make it another app for me? Because you've got the developers and everything. Mm. Skin it over, as in put the brand in or slinger over it. Mm. And we'll go on a, on a share, on a business share, a partnership, a joint venture, if you want to call it that. And he, yeah, and we did it. So by the time COVID came out, we released the first version of the app, 2021. And um, this was the time when the government were like, hey, you can eat outdoors in the rain. Just to give a bit of narrative behind that, everyone was like, hospitality's over, it's never coming back, restaurants are closed, staff mm. are gone. Mm. I was talking to investors, getting introduced by people, and they were like, sorry, we can't back you, we don't know, hospitality's mm. coming back. I'm like, trust me, it's all coming back. Yeah. We're social creatures. All these restaurants can open again. Mm. And then like that, April, boom. Everything goes to pop. Um, and we had the app ready to go. How long did uh, that take you, about a year? What, to build it? Um, we got the, technically we got it built in like four months, but business deals, negotiations, ideas. Yeah. It takes 12 months. Yeah. It's a lot. No, I want to remind people that like business is slow. Anything, any progression is slow. You have to be patient and want Crazy. it. Absolutely. And want it to keep going because Absolutely. The I can Everything that. will try and push and change and not make it happen. Listen, even on the way, I, I keep it 100%. Even on, on the way here, I was thinking about something that isn't working the way I need it to work. And I almost was bursting into tears on the way here. Mm -hmm. And then I said, do you know what? I've got a podcast interview to do. So I need to show up. Mm -hmm. I need to show out. I need mm -hmm. to get on with it. And mm -hmm. I need to just figure out that problem later on. Absolutely. You know, but it's, it's business. But that's hurdles, I call them. Yeah, yeah. So you go over one hurdle. Yeah. And there's another 10 more waiting for you. And you just got to be like, all right, cool. And that finish line is never going to come. That's it. It, 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 it never happened. It would never happen. But you see progress because from when you started the app to mm -hmm. then the four months afterwards, how did you feel when the app was ready to at least be launched to the public? Yeah, you're right. And that's nice to have yeah. a product um, and tell people about it. Um, and the only way to explain it since then, so that's over two and a half years ago now, um, it's like building a plane where it's taken off. So with the app, when you launched it, mm -hmm. how did you get users to actually be on there? I know you have yeah. the community already, yeah. but my my even my fair with not fair, but my um I guess question is if people are already on one platform, how do we get them to all mm -hmm. sign up to this Absolutely. new platform? So what what did you do? Um so I pull it to the Facebook community and said we now an app, we've got it. And rightly or wrongly so, I like locked the group. You, you can't it. you can't post on this group anymore. So wow. you've got to now use the app to do that. Ah. Yeah. So, and then they had to, did companies have to pay? Mm -hmm. um, you pay per shift. So every time you post a shift, the average shift is like eight hours, be a bartender, waitress, chef, and then we take a commission on top. Okay. That's that's a really good business model. Did you come up with that solely? Or no, did, I think it's quite normal. I think it's quite normal, like, okay. what it does. And like I said, I had my friend doing the baristas already, so he kind of had the framework that I could replicate very quickly and easily take off. Okay. How, talk to me about how you've managed to, I guess, make it grow from that point mm -hmm. of the four months launch mm -hmm. to where it is now. Talk us through the growth that you've had to kind of endure and go through. Blood, sweat and tears, for sure. Um, yeah, so it's pretty much myself and a part-timer. that grew the app to 5,000 workers, 600 businesses. How? It was all a ripple of mouth, all word of mouth. We spent no money on marketing. Again, I started the business, no mark, no money, stupidly. And, but 
I had the network effect. I'm known in my space. I have a lot of contacts in it. Mm. And just rolled it out to them. And that's through helping people for all the years and mm. nurturing all those business owners. Mm. They're willing to give me a chance to go, all right, you've got this. Let me give it a try. Mm. And they, so 600 businesses found it through word of mouth. 5,000 workers have found it through word of mouth. Amazing. Um, so it put me in a position where I was like, I need to get investment. So it's not just me and a part-timer. I can build a team and take this onto a new level. The, so how are you paying the part-timer? Um, whatever spare cash came in. You just gave it to them yeah, and they were yeah. happy to kind yeah, of do yeah, that yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, what what you mentioned about your social network mm-hmm. and your social value, for me, that's what I kind of see as um, you deposit in throughout the years mm-hmm. and then you're able to kind of withdraw later mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Like that's, people forget that. That's so important yeah. to just deposit into other people. Later on, you might get an ROI. Mm-hmm. You will actually, you, you probably will, yeah. you know, at some yeah, point. Absolutely. If you help people, people like, it's this famous saying of like, people never, people might forget your name, but they never forget how you made them feel. Never, and, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like, you know, I don't come for money or anything like that, um, but I've added, linked up with every single person I've ever met in the sense of like, oh, you're on Instagram, oh, you're on Facebook, oh, you're on LinkedIn, cool. Let's boom, just connect, boom, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And go from there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Save everyone, because you never know. Always, always. So in regards to, I guess, you getting funding and investment, mm-hmm. tell us the real, real. What, what, <laughs> what was that like? Like, keep it 100% with yeah. us. Um, so I'd say there's no fun in fundraising. Okay. At all? No. Nah, it's hard work. Um, so just to give you background, I knew nothing about investment um, about 18 months ago. And... I knew I needed to raise and I started questioning people in lockdown and my old CEO, um, Simon Mitchell from Curb, introduced me to a group of recruitment specialists and there were investors in there. Um, I remember looking at all their profiles before the meeting and I was like, oh, none of these guys look like me, apart from the one guy, Gary Eldon, he's a mixed race guy. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool, maybe he'll back it. He was the most like critical in that meeting, <laughs> like ripping my business apart. Um, like dragons then. Yeah, absolutely. And then, kind of him. Everyone left after the hour of like the meeting, meant due to finish, and then he was like giving me more pointers and said, you know, do this. And I'm not in it because hospitality is not going to work. You're looking for to build an app. You're looking for investment. You're looking for it's like too risky. Cool. And then six months later, I had built the app, got workers on it. And I messaged him and said, hi, I've got the app built. I'm not looking for investment right now. I'm just looking for advice and I want to work with people that look like me. And he emailed me back away and went, we're going to do a weekly meeting for next week. Amazing. So I was like, wow, okay, cool. And he, he essentially is the guy that got me investment ready. He was like, cool, pitch to me. Wrong, start again. Wrong, start again. Wrong, start again. Like, drilling. Okay, now you're ready. Introduce you, my friends. Had one meeting. C- come off the phone and hate the way you pitch. What a way to talk to that. The person. Yeah, like, he, no, he. Oh, the so coach he, said that to like, you. Yeah, Gary's like, we practice, but you're nervous, you know, never. And like, the questions are asking you. Again, let's go again. Cool, I've got another friend I'm going to introduce you to. And they were like, oh, that's a nice idea. Boom, 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 pass, 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 pass. Um, 
How many people do you think you have to pitch to? Like, or did you think you pitched to at that time? Oh, at least 200. Shut the front yeah. fridge. What on earth? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what? 200 people you pitched to? At least. I think I've sent wow. out like at least 500 emails as well. Yeah, yeah. that's just to get- Over to what time period? Uh, 12 months. Do you know what? I'm I'm acting here. I'm looking sitting here shots, but at the same time, this is business of element as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely, is... absolutely. Um, H no made me better. Right. You take the feedback, you work on it. And yeah. You come back, and next time you stumble or haven't got an answer, you go and get an answer. And next time that someone asks you that question, yeah, bush, you got it ready. Right. Okay. Um, we're in a downturn market, so um, generally, black founders. Um, and all the VC money investment in the world, black founders get less than 1%. That's the good times. So in the bad times, the stats are even worse. Basically, it's impossible. If you're a black woman, it's harder. Don't yeah. even bother trying. That, why, that's why, what the stats tell you. Don't follow the why? stats. Why, why do you think it's harder for people of, well, for black people, let's not even say people of color, mm -hmm. black people to get investment? Um... I have my opinions, but I don't think they're really relevant because I don't invest. So I will keep to what I've been told. But but your opinions are relevant because okay. we're on a platform where we can hear it. So. I hear. It. All right, but firstly, I think it's not my. I'm not investing, so there's no mm. point in. I'm not Fair in enough. position. Fair so, enough. Um, I think that's why my opinions are relevant, anyways, because of that. But I've been in safe rooms where all black founders have been together, and we've brought investors to talk about this. Oh, wow. And so um, okay. I can't remember that, well, that rules. You're not allowed to mention name names. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I could tell you what the conversation was mm. happening. One woman investor, she's lived in London for 15 years, mm -hmm. said she's never met a black founder in her life. So for her, when she's getting a black person coming to her investment, she's thinking, what is this? This is alien. But like, she's never met a black founder until that day. That was crazy. Yeah. And there's so many of us. People live in different worlds in London. Yeah. You know, like, I'm from London. People are like, you're actually from London. I've never met a Londoner. I've been here for 20 years. Where have you been hanging? 15 yeah. years and she's never met. Where, where is she? I, I, mean, I yeah. don't want to get to details, but yeah. But that's an example. Okay. And the second example, um, a gentleman from an investment group said, you lot are riskier investments. Okay. Hear him out. Hear him out. If you can barely get to the train station without being harassed by the police, who says you're going to become a unicorn? What was your response to that? Or what was anyone's response uh, Initially, it's like, oh, wow. But it's true talk. Do the maths. It's all a mathematic game, right? Um, so, you know, you've got systemic racism. You yeah. are an unfair advantage in the system and you want me to back you with yeah. my money. Yeah. Why? Because Why? Right, so so my like my my response to that, whoever whoever thinks like that as well, and whoever says that, is stand up to systematic um, to systemic racism. Like you don't need to say, oh, because you're at a disadvantage, stay at a disadvantage. No, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna bring you in and I'm gonna make sure that you succeed regardless of what the system's like. Yeah, I understand that, but that's morals. We're not, they're betting, they're betting. 
So oh, what like, you, like, like, you, like money wise? Right, that's it. That's all they're doing. They're betting. Yeah, it's no take the emotion out of it. They're just betting. Now it's like sports, right? If you know the team are going to most likely not win, are you going to put a bet on them? No, but I disagree. Oh, because. Oh, I like you. You seem okay. No, but I, d I, I strongly disagree with that as well because, yes, we're black and we have sy a sy systemic racism and barriers in place. But if he looks at, say, for example, how black founders in Africa perform mm -hmm. or in the States mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. been in, people have invested into them. Yeah. So if, if you look at those yeah. probabilities yeah, and absolutely. those success stories, yeah. then you can be hitting a jackpot and not realise. So I guess, it, I guess it depends on your risk appetite. I replied back and said, yeah. despite those systemic problems we've got, I'm in the same room as you. Period. I've had to come over so many hurdles to get here. And I'm here. And I'm here and I'm moving. So whoever you find may a safe bet, yeah. I'll beat them. Exactly. Um and yeah, like so there's I've now got investors who believe in me and backing me. Point black period. Mm. Like, I understand you you gave me that example because I asked for it mm. as well. But it triggered me. Mm. It, it it really triggered me because I heard the same thing when it comes to talent acquisition as well. Mm. With, with companies will look me in the face and say, Alicia, I don't see any great black leaders. I don't see anyone that could be senior enough for these roles. And I'm like, are you have are you taking the absolute mick? Like there's so many incredible, cause I meet so many. I'm like, I'm so in touch with it. And I've seen so many black people do so well like as founders, my parents is, as well. So I'm just like, you don't know what you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. You know, were there any other reasons that were quite alarming that came through? If you if you want to share them now, because I might get emotional. <laughs> uh -huh. I think for me it was hard. Like it was like going back to my banking days and like yeah. looking at the profiles of people who are about to pitch to. Yeah, yeah. And they look like the old bankers. But again, one mm. like one venture group, I looked at them all and I was like, no chance. Really? They gave me my first ticket. So we call tick like when you get money. Tickets. Oh really? And you thought that there would have been yeah. a no, yeah. but they were a yes. Yeah. Why did you think there were going to be a no? Because no one looked like me on their um, their team profile on their website. So why did they say yes to you? What did they say? They believed the idea. Okay, so it was just it was about the idea, it was about the concept, mm -hmm. and that was the, the focus for mm -hmm. them. Absolutely. Okay. And we're in a good position because we've got momentum, so we weren't we're beyond idea concept. I had traction. Yeah, you had so the I, audience there. I had like we it's ticking. It's not. And a lot of people can come. Like, there's people in the world yeah. who can just come with a we call it idea. a napkin idea, and they're like, "Here's some money." I heard. Yeah, but <laughs> I've got to have. <laughs> we've got to have traction, and it's still not good enough to That's those crazy. other hundred and ninety-five investors. So, with that being said, I'm expecting you to be a pitch expert, by the way, because mm -hmm. of Absolutely. how many pitches you've done. Yeah. What makes a good pitch. What are some of the key things you need to have in like the content mm -hmm. in, yeah, that, that really makes Depends it. Depends who you are pitching to and obviously okay. your audience is different, but if you're pitching to investors, the best investors ask you about your team. Really? They don't care about your concept, don't care about your traction, they ask you about your team. Okay. Because it's all about execution. Okay. You can have the best idea in the world. Who's you can't it? execute it. So, you know, so, and you see, that, like, the best advice I've ever been given for my old CEO at Curb, treat your team like a sports team. And in sports, you need the best performance. 
And if you can prove to investors that you've got great performers, um, and that's usually where they've worked and what they've done in their careers. So right now I have a head of marketing who used to be the lead Shopify marketeer. We all know what that means. People are okay. And other people on my team like that. And again, because of my social advantage of like network, I've been able to pull in some big weights and go, what are you doing with your life? And they're like, oh, I'm a senior. Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you come and be a leader here? Um, and I had to sell it to them, my own team. Um, thank you, by the way, team. Uh, <laughs> whoever's no, come but you're to right. Join me. Um, so, yeah, the, f the first is your team of a really good investor, understands. Um, second is the narrative, right? Like, oh, you know, I met someone today. I, so I mentor like 20 people, like I said, a week. And 20 people a week? At least, always. I put a whole time aside, just a bit like I have an open door policy. And, you know, I've been told if you, if the door's open for you, make sure you leave the door open for others. Yeah. So it's important that you're bringing people in with you and giving people a choice. I only mentor people from global majority backgrounds. Mm. Uh, that's essentially women and non-white people. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I met a great founder today, but it took him 45 minutes to explain to me what he did. It does. And I said to him, you need to get that down to 10 seconds. So go and work on your narrative. That's the second piece you asked me, narrative. 10 seconds? Yeah. Why 10 seconds? Why not a minute? Minute's nice. To, you know, just hope you get a minute to pitch. 10 seconds. Give us your pitch in 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, I am the founder of a tech platform and we're on a mission to make the CV redundant. Okay. My pitch is Black Create Connect connects employers to black professionals through content creation. See. Community, okay. So it's, it, like, it's just a sentence. Yeah, we've got narr control the narrative. It's very important. I think that's in life. And but when you're pitching, you're not pitching asking for money. You're pitching to giving them. You're giving them the an story. Opportunity. Yeah, you're giving them an opportunity. This is your. This is moving. Are you gonna you come with me? Right. Do you want to come along? That on was this watching. Journey? What's his name? Um, what's the king of tennis? Um, Serena Williams, uh, dad, King Richard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that during I haven't seen time. that, actually. Oh, good? my God, it was great. I haven't seen it. I've, I've heard a lot That's about it. Two black women dominating tennis. Yeah, no, I need, I need to watch like, King Richard. Like, this is about a vision. And yeah. be dedicated to it. Yeah. And when you dedicate things, there will be sacrifices. 100%. Yeah. Things have to go. 100%. You have to lose out. People are going to lose out. You're going to lose people in your life. I feel Depends it. how much you want it. It's. I'm feeling it yeah. and living it, yeah. Theo, and yeah. it's hard. I lost a 10-year relationship because I was like, well, this I'm focused on it. Like relationship as in Yeah, engaged. I was engaged. You was engaged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What happened? And, and it just crumbled because of the business. Yeah, it was my, like, focused on the business. 10 years, though, yeah. Theo. Yeah, man, sad. No, nah, man, that's not, that's not nice. Not, uh, not I know nice. you've moved on now, so we don't want to focus on that, but that's so sad. Yeah, dedication. Sacrifices. It's crazy because again, I I, I think I think very similarly, mm. but at the same time, like it dawned on me, I was like, oh my gosh, you're gonna be thirty one this this year, Alicia. Nah. Like, <laughs> you need to nah, nah. Don't, <laughs> chill don't, out, you don't, know. Don't fall into that. <laughs> nah, honestly, <laughs> age like that's another thing we 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 compare. We need to be here. We need to be yeah. Doing. You do. I am definitely. It's been doing me, but. Mm. You know, it's it is hard. You're right, and it, and sometimes, if you do, you have many friends that are also founders or entrepreneurs, or not really. Um, loads. Okay, so that helps because I'm constantly in it. Yeah, we're like each other's therapists. Okay, 
that helps. See, I, 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 I not really. I, I unfortunately get on with those more. Exactly. Because they, we understand each other where we are. Yeah, and you and when you're founded, we're like we're not sitting here balling all in. I don't know all these private membership clubs no. and like we're meeting up. Uh, whatever just somewhere small or someone's flat and just like moaning about the world and where we are <laughs> but helping each other yeah and one thing's really great about the black community is that we always say to each other if one of us win we all win so we help each yeah. other yo there's this google fund Everyone all apply. apply yeah 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 and if you get it great we've all got it yeah 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 do you know what i mean and, and, like, it, and, and, and it happens because then i'm whoever's in yeah so yo next one 100 percent we, we need to, you know, we need to always. be like that. Yeah. The thing is, I always have a theory as well that you can, if, if you're connected with other founders for whatever reason, if an opportunity comes in that's not right for you, it might be right for someone else that you know. Yeah. And your help, again, you're depositing, you're mm -hmm. helping, you're connecting someone, helping them to and grow. If I, if, you know, if like, you know, other founders, they're like, if your business doesn't work out, you're coming to join me. Exactly. Mine you're coming to join me. Because they see your work ethic yeah, yeah, and yeah, they see yeah, how dedicated yeah, yeah, you yeah, are. Absolutely. So having that network is so important. I didn't think of it as, 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 as that, but you're right. Having having friends that are also founders or in the same space as you, mm. it's it's nice to have those conversations. It's, it's very, yeah, it it's really honestly, helps. It's fundamental to keeping my mind sanity. Yeah. I can be with people who get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's not, it's not that anyone can, mm. can get it. Mm. Are you in therapy by any chance? Uh, no, I I I, I think I'm gonna go for like a classic like forty midlife crisis. Um, <laughs> I'm very open and like love talking about these things. Like my yeah. favorite program right now is Couples Therapy on BBC iPlayer. And Couples Therapy. It's so good. It's like literally is, is it like American? this. It's American. You have to go over I've the seen, Americanism. I've seen Couples Therapy. It's so good. Um, but I love like, like I my friends are my therapists. I'm very yeah. open, so I yeah. there's no like darkness sitting inside and really like, thing I haven't expressed. I express. I'm very outward. Yeah. And I express everything. Yeah. So you get and it all then, out. And then I work it out with people, and I bounce it off them, and they give yeah, it back yeah. to me. So I've definitely had forms of therapy with my friendship groups for sure. That's beautiful. That's yeah, that's yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. to know. And I, I don't contain. Um, yeah, express. I'm very expressive. I, I feel like I feel like you are. I've got to be mm -hmm. fair. But so going back to so you pitched. Sorry, 200. I have to go back a bit actually. Go ahead. Does it make it look like any therapy? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. like like my my theory now after having several conversations mm. with actually there's been quite a few people that I'm in that space on my podcast mm. that everyone needs it that yeah, not I agree. yeah I, I'm, I I definitely could benefit I'm sure yeah um to be honest it's another expense I can't afford right now and there's not burning. Mm. Like, and I've got therapeutic ways of dealing with things. Okay, that's good. Yeah. When you are looking, I will highly recommend Frontline Therapist. Okay. Because they're nice. affordable, very, nice. very affordable, nice. and they cater to global majority heritage mm. as well. Yeah, I'm probably wrapped up in my ego, feeling like I don't need it as well. I'm, uh, I'm not yeah, I, I, I had that as well. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. and to be honest with you, even before before every therapy session, I think, I'm going to cancel, like, I don't need this. Mm. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, yeah. But do you feel like you need to go directly to fix an issue? No. Or it's just to have a space or like, what's like, again, I guess I'm very business oriented, but what's the outcome? Good question. It's just having a, so, okay, so you know how a lot of, there's some thoughts that we think in our head and there's certain things that I will talk to certain people about mm -hmm. and certain people I wouldn't speak to. Mm. Therapy is a space I just talk to, I talk about everything. Things that I wouldn't necessarily just talk to even my mum about, just yeah, literally yeah, yeah. everything with no judgment. Yeah. And I just get it all out there. Yeah, I think I've got groups of people around me that you can do. That I with. bring different things to, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. 
and they'll be like, huh. I'm not like they're experts, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. But they were they're reasonably really grounded, amazing people. Yeah. But I trust their values. Yeah. And bounce it off back to them. Yeah. And, and then helps. they come back at me and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. To be fair, I have amazing people as well in my life like that. But I have this this weird imposter syndrome of people in me. So this is kind of turned into like a therapy talk, but um, where I I don't want to repeat myself too much to, to the same person. And my friends tell me all the time, you're my friend. You can tell oh, me yeah, things yeah. over I've and over again. This is common, like people find like, they're yeah, like but I don't want to be a burden on yeah, you. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I like. Yeah, I may be selfish and I'll just like, <laughs> I'll go like, during my breakup, I'll find my friends every weekend. Like, I don't understand this. Like, well, to be honest. Like, they're like, oh my God, there he comes again. I'm like, I'm not until I've worked it out. <laughs> the thing is, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah, it it's is. Healthy. I, I think, I, you know, I was brought up by a woman. I think it's super benefit i got given a lot of love which i've, I've realized is a privilege yeah. that was my privilege not money but a lot love, of love yeah. like my mum is like always there yeah and so like that's nurtured me into a certain way that yeah i can express my feelings um which can be intimidating for a lot of people they're like whoa you really know yourself or you're really happy to express whatever. yeah it's beautiful so, um, um yeah but like i said don't get me wrong things have been tough in life and I'll probably go classic 40. Like, hopefully, like, business goes really well, buy a supercar, and have a midlife crisis. Hopefully you do not have the midlife <laughs> no, crisis, but everything else. But you seem very, you strike me as um, very resilient because mm. you have experienced a lot of up and downs, more than the average person, mm. even, like, financially and everything mm. as well. Yeah, I feel like I've lived many lives. Yeah, you, you sound like I you have. I'm on, like, my fifth or sixth life right now. Fifth or sixth? Yeah, but yeah. Why for four six? Just being there's just chapters, isn't it? There's so many chapters. Mm. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Just lived a lot. So where are you at now? Because like, by the way, I just want to shout you out and congratulate you publicly for the investment that you've managed to acquire. Because that takes resilience, man, mm. and push through. So talk to us about the rounds of investments that you've managed to get, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Mm. And um, like funds and accelerators that you've been a part of that yep. helped. Um, so I went on a lot of accelerators. Um, one of the first was a thousand black voices. Okay. Um, run by Elizabeth Shaw. Um, she's well connected into the tech world. Mm. Um, a black woman who's amazing just in that space, and she actually took us to New York for um, a week. What? As a part of the, as a part part of the, the program? You had to pay for it, like expense mm. it out. Um, so where the credit card comes in use. <laughs> and to be honest, like I said, I, we had, this was our earlier conversation. Like I said, I wasn't bothered going to like New York. Like I'm London from the best city in the world. Um, and then arriving in New York, I was like, fine, I'll go for business. Mm. With an hour arriving, I was like, wow, this place is a bit vibey, isn't it? Uh, damn it. And yeah, vibes is definitely there. There's another London in America. Mm. Um, but what blew my mind was the level of black excellence that exists in America. So I'll be crazy. honest, I just saw people get shot in the streets all the time and that's what you kind of see here. And, you know, the politics isn't exactly the most stable mm. in that country, but um, there's rich black people. Loads. That's, that's yeah. like, I like loads. not one at the top. The two, there's loads, loads and they're together. And that blew my mind and made me realise I've got to go and take my business to the US now. 
because I'd get an opportunity there, but an opportunity I won't get in Europe. Why do you think that is? Because I've noticed the same mm -hmm. thing. I think we spoke about it in our yeah. pre brief briefly. Why do you think the black excellence is on a different level in the States? I know, not think. There's two things here. First, um, the black entry points are different, right? So like, if you're looking at colonial days, mm. Britain did everything away from Britain. Mm. Like they, you know, had slavery, but never in England. They had the islands in America and did everything away. Mm. Um, so the entry po point of blackness, f for unfortunately in America, is over four hundred years old. Where here it's like fifties and sixties, mm. like Windrush community, and mm. so like you know that's ten times as much time to network, mm. bond, and get to know each other, mm. um, and everything like that. So. Um, they're well ahead of us in that. And mm. there's more, like, as well. So, you know, there's 10 times as more probably black people in the US than there is here. Mm. The second is, um, now I understand America. Like, America was set up by the people who wanted to get away from the monarchs, the kings and queens of Europe, um, because the kings and queens held all the wealth and it's not just been dispersed. So mm. they went up and set up their so-called free country mm. and everyone's hustled there. Mm. So it's the energy of like, it's all about networking. Like obviously New York's the extreme version of it. Like I was queuing to go toilet, guy taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey bro, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, like. it's so transactional here. <laughs> what like. do you do? I'm trying to find out if there's something you've got for me and I've got for you. And they want to constantly introduce you to each other. Yeah. And if you can feel it, the money is flowing. And if I was born there, I, you know, I'm like I said, I'm from, I'm a new labor child and got those benefits of the system to get where I am now mm. to the point of like, you know, free degree. Mm. Um, I can take advantage of that. If I was born mm. there, I wouldn't get it. So I like very well of like, again, my privileges compared to there. Mm. Um, but people just want to help each other and help each other win, win. And the class system is not there. So as long as you are doing something and moving, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You yeah. move just because you've got an accent from here. You're this color. Generally, they're like, you look like you're trying to make money. Let's help each other make money, mm, mm, mm. and that's really exciting over there. Mm. Um, and whereas here, you've got a class system. You open your mouth, you get boxed, and there's just more money flowing there. So like, it's protected by the class system here. So they're but like. The money flowing in US now, they're like, oh, it's so cute, you Europeans. I'm, like, I'm not from Europe, I'm from London. Mm. Yeah, 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 you're so cute. Like, you look just like, oh, you raised us a little bit of money. Oh, so cute. Um, whereas um, there, they start off big and it's flowing. And so basically, Euro Europe's protected by a social class system. The small pie is protected by a social class system. And the US, it's just free for all, whether that's good or not but there's opportunity within it and I get it now. I agree. Yeah. Like with everything you said, you've articulated really, really well. Thank you. I think on top of that, um, specifically for the black um, people that mm. are doing really well mm -hmm. there, um, I think there's a different, they've seen racism differently over there than to what we've seen. Oh, it's just direct as well. Yeah, they've seen it differently. Like the British, are the, oh, the, this is the home of it. The, you won't even know someone's being racist to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're so 
I guess indirect, but mm-hmm. direct because we know it already now. Mm-hmm. But but in, but in the states, mm. they they have seen a lot to the point yeah. where it's costed lives upon mm-hmm. lives. So I think their level of hunger and fight is mm. a bit more. Like it's just it's a bit more like we have to get it. Mm. Even my cousin in the states, she's got like two or three jobs, mm. well all well well paid mm. jobs, and she's working like but on the clock thing, all the time. But like you don't have the the welfare system is, is such good in Europe. Mm, so true. your network's your net worth literally mm. there cause the fall is big mm. it's a big fall out there yeah you know so like you've got a network hustle yeah, yeah, yeah. it's you have in to. your benefit yeah who knows you and who do you know yeah whereas like you don't well either you can have a really nice name and be from a nice family you're gonna do well over here mm. or yeah it's hard it's just a lot hard it just made me realise it opened yeah. my eyes honestly um, so so then what was the action point then for Slinger? So. Sorry, um, for me, yeah, I want to go over there eventually and I just feel like I've got more opportunities. People listen to me more and back me more. 100%, yeah. Um, they just go, go, go. Um, here it's like, why do you want to do it? Um, so it's yeah, so much you know, explaining. Like, um, so anyway, that was Thousand Black Voices. Then I went on to the Barclays Black Accelerator Program. Mm-hmm. Um, really great team there. That was linked up with Founder Fine. So the, the leaders of that is Natalie um, and Izzy. Um, mm. and then how was that because I'm doing that right now so. yeah yeah you're on it it's what really good it? like for me it was like network and like again like getting in there you get master classes but for me I like connect to the people doing the master classes mm. oh this is how you get investment how mm. um, yeah because I'm an investor cool I'm connected with you mm. um, it's like dots just keep connecting as many dots as you can and they mm. all start connecting um, and they're called data points as well by the way mm. you being seen in a room and then being seen at another networking event, another event, it's called data points. It's so by the time you come to speak to the person and try and pitch them, they're like, oh, I've, I've seen, seen you three, four yeah, times in this yeah. room, this room. Let's yeah. talk. Yeah. Um, so that was great, <laughs> Barclays Accelerate. And they're really supportive. Everyone's still really supportive. Like today I was with Elizabeth from Black, uh, Black Fowls and Voices. Um, spoke to Barclays last week, even after months of finishing. Mm. Um, and then after many more rejections on other... Accelerator programs came, um, we applied for the Google Black Fund and yeah, was very fortunate um, to be selected out of 40 black business owners in the whole world um, and get on. So that's been a bit of a life changing moment. That's amazing. How, how many did they select? 40. A oh, 40. Mm-hmm. So, and there's probably hundreds. Well, the whole world. Not, yeah, the whole world. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. They probably had thousands of applications in mm-hmm. with that being said. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that is dope. That shows something. But that's after 200 rejections. So but it helped. Those yeah. rejections helped me get there. Yeah, a hundred percent. They craft, were like steps. You craft your answer. Change it. Change it. Change yeah. it. Change it. Until you got your narrative. Right? Yeah. How many times have you have you redone your pitch deck? <laughs> <laughs> There's probably like a hundred versions of it out there somewhere. Like all on. Okay. At least Google Drive. Google Drive, of course. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I know, right? Yeah, like, but um, now there's quite a lot of versions and. It took me two years to get to understand my mission is to make the CV redundant. So it takes time. Yeah. You've got to cook these things up and exactly. go through the process. Exactly. But what can we expect from Slinger next in the future? Where where wow. where where can people connect and where can people Absolutely. Learn yeah. More? You can find us on like obviously all the socials, um, over the website. If you're looking to get into work, pay a great living wage, get on board, like a little side hustle, or mm. find full-time work. If you're a business owner looking for staff, download it. Um, the team will look after you really well. Um, but it, the plan is that one day our children won't understand what CVs are for like, you don't need it in a blue collar market. It's like if you're a good person, reasonably skilled, 
You can mm. be a bartender, waitress, mm. or anything like that mm. without having to go through the long processes of interviews. Mm. Um, you know, filling out an application, interviewing, mm. interviewing again, trial shift. It's just so long and inefficient. Mm. Um, but our tech can provide you verified workers and verified businesses, mm. so you can connect over a trial shift, like a work date, and say if you want to work with each other instantly. So how do you verify that the the can that the candidate's actually good? Or? We verify all their references. Okay. Um, we they work around doing all the shift work, and we pick data up on them how good they are on their shifts, um, and then I can feed that back to a potential employer, and know all you. of that, so they don't have to interview. They can trust our process that that person's good. Got you. But initially, when they first sign up, it's reference based. Reference based and okay. doing shifts. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well. And where can people connect with you if they want to? Because you're a connector, so. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess like Instagram's like the most popular, like at Theo Lee Houston, um, T-H-E-O-L-E-E-H-O-U, S-T-O-N. Um, I am happy to mentor anyone. Um, I have a link that you can book yourself in for any Friday afternoon um, and just have an exploratory chat. Um, but yeah, like, honestly, we all need to help each other. Um, it's really important. Agreed. Thank you. Anything. Also, because I know that your time is precious. Yeah. So if you to spend some time with me, talk about your journey, what you're doing. I appreciate it so much. So thank you. Thank you for creating the space. It's really important for this. So thank you for doing it. anything else I can do to help. Please let me know. Thank you, Theo. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast and watching it. Share it, like it, comment, all the rest of it. And I will leave all the details of Theo and also Slinger in the description. So scroll down and click, join, share, all the rest of it. And I will see you all, thank you so much, on the next Black Create Connect podcast episode. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. There we go. Bye. All done. Thank you, Theo. I am It's really cool. Yeah. It's a cool room set up for that. I know, right? Oh, we can tell Mary from where we're outside. <laughs> I'm going to turn it up, so you're going, or you're going to be Well, I, I, just, I just realised they don't allow any laptops after 6 o'clock. Oh, you're right. I completely forgot, and I've got to do work. Mm -hmm. I just, like, literally, literally I was talking to you, I was thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't. So, um, I am going to work probably either...